the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. You like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. You is this Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. I'm joined by my co-host, Adon Dix, from the Corona chapter of Act for America. And our third co-host, John Hancock, is still feeling under the weather, and he'll be hopefully be back next week. Greg, what is that smile on your face about? I can't tell you. Come on. Come on. Well, the, the, the conference was just a huge success. We got so much, so many good reviews of that. There was so much energy and excitement of that conference. And actually, we have a, uh, our guest who's actually here to talk about a great initiative that she is promoting. But she was also at the conference gathering signature, Aubrey Betancourt. So let's, let's bring you into the conversation. Just how good was that conference? It was spectacular. I, I didn't know. I mean... I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't, uh, you guys had told me about it, and you had told me, you know, be prepared for this and that and that and the other. And, and I pulled up and was just amazed at the amount of energy in the room, um, the the amazing group of participants that were in the, um, you know, kind of the, uh, the exhibit hall area. The, um, I, I mean, I just, it was charged. It was electric, and you could feel it. You know, no matter where we were in this conference, in conversation or in the halls or, you know, listening to the just amazing speakers, I was really, I kind of was beaming at one point because uh, an old friend and mentor of mine, Frank Gaffney, was speaking. And um, and so it was great to catch up with him and, um, and, and to hear so much about a lot of the work that I actually did prior to what I'm doing now when I was working with him. So um, I was just amazed at, at the caliber of... Um, the speakers that were brought into the room and the amazing energy of um, true community advocates, people who are getting off the sidelines and taking action and taking, you know, taking government into their own hands, which is what it should be. Um, you know, I'm always reminded of this phrase that we have a republic in the United States and a republic is ruled by those that show up and the people that showed up at that conference are the type of people that um, are showing up and being active participants in the American government system and that's that's always a celebration so it was really amazing to be there and that's going to do it for another edition of the Unite IE radio program <laughs> our check is in the mail for you Aubrey <laughs> thank you I, I can't it was, I don't, I see, it was good for me I don't see any reason to go on I mean I think that pretty much sums it up folks just listen to that clip over and over and over again that'll be the Saturday show for the Unite IE radio program. <laughs> yeah, but, but that, yeah, that really is the goal. Someone asked me whether we, our goal is to elect Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. And I said, no, it's, it's not. It is just that. It's to engage and activate the citizens to fulfill their responsibilities. 
And, you know, you bring up an interesting point, Aubrey, but under the circumstances of this election cycle, we got a very interesting review from the press enterprise on the conference. Uh, the headline was uh, Inland Empire. Uh, I don't remember what it said, citizens or, or whatever, you know, a call for unity. And that was really uh, what was, I think, a large part of the message of the opening of that conference is, you know, not only is there is there a polarization going on in this country between the right and the left, uh, which has been even driven further by, you know, the actions and and uh, persona of this administration. But now with this election cycle, we, we're even, for, you know, as conservatives, we're polarized and we for, you know, we've got this circular firing squad that's just you know, killing each other. And we've forgotten where to aim at, you know, I was going to say our guns, but figuratively speaking, figuratively <laughs> speaking, yes, yes. We want, we've forgotten where to aim our, our focus. And that is on the regressive left. And that's what's got to be in it. And so that was a very rewarding uh, interview. Act, uh, I mean, review of the, of the uh, conference in the press enterprise, just like we wrote it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. We are in such a, a fascinating time politically and even in party politics, to your point. I mean, I, I think I heard the best description from a conservative um, on one of the commentating commenting shows on, on TV. Said, I, she said, I think I've just had an out-of-party experience. I mean, it's just <laughs> – this is – it is it is so, you know, counter and yet at the same time – I've always been a, uh, you know, take it or leave it, and I'm waxing poetically, but to me, it's when we aren't fighting it out that that government fails. It's when you have too much control in the hands of one party that we lose the discourse of of making things more perfect. Like California um, or, you know, Exactly. And that's where I've, uh, you know, that's where I, I actually, I think it's good when we have, if it can be done in a civil manner, and granted, we may be losing that, but maybe somewhere through this process, this cathartic, you know, sandpaper process within the parties and within, you know, the, the public discourse, we'll get to a point where we are back at, hey, this is what it means to solve problems and to go back and forth and, um, and, and sort things out and stay focused on what this is really all about and getting our priorities straight nationally as well as an, as a state. And you made a great point in your uh, sort in your critique and review of our uh, conference. Um, we are a republic, and that requires you know a, a part and parcel to having a republic is citizen engagement, and that's one of the big problems we see today is that citizens think that their constitutional duty is to show up at a polling place every two years, not realizing that they're abdicating their political power in the process during the interim. The most important part of you know, shepherding and stewarding a republic happens after you leave the polling place. It happens when you're engaging your elected officials. It happens when you're signing petitions like yours. It happens when you're leaning over the fence to your neighbor to talk about what you see going on that's a problem. And and, and engaging not just, you know, like-minded individuals, but the individuals that are on the other side of the political spectrum to, you know, just to learn how to better articulate, um, you know, our founding principles, the response responsibilities we have and what makes America great. And, you know, that's what this conference was all about. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think the frustration we see, I think, at the federal level, at the state level, and even to many circumstances at the local level, because right now with this Water for All initiative, I'm traveling all over the state and I'm in communities big and small. and, and And what we hear over and over and over again is nothing is getting done. Right. What can we point to that's been done? Right. 
And and that is where I think our elected officials, you know, they're going to have to get beyond the rhetoric and the back and forth and the campaigning politics and realize this is all going to come down to who can get something done. Well, speaking and of getting something done, you're getting bounced. Speaking of getting <laughs> something done, you're getting something done. Water, high speed rail, it's all in the conversation coming up with Aubrey Bentoncorp. She is, uh, you know, out helping to get Californians engaged in part of the solution, which is to get water back on the front burner of Sacramento's, uh, you know, agenda. And we'll dive into the water, pun intended, <laughs> after this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, sponsor of Unite IE Radio. Great place to get your loans, residential or commercial. Ed is a great patron, and he sponsored the Unite IE Conservative Conference. More with uh, Aubrey Betancourt and water after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Let's get it started. Let's get it started here. here. on the Unite IE Radio program, we don't like to keep things dry. We don't like to keep things mundane. We're going to jump in the water. And water we're talking about is that scarce commodity here in Head California. Head first into the deep end. Yes, we are. And uh, to join us in the water, in the deep end, is Audrey Bentoncorp. She is uh, very involved with an effort to shift the focus from uh, the high-speed rail and the money from high-speed rail to water. So uh, thank you again for joining us on the uh, Unite IE radio program, Aubrey. We appreciate you being here to brief us on this very important uh, initiative. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So I was just going to say, tell us a little bit about what this initiative is. Sure. So this initiative is, we're calling it the Water Priorities Initiative, and uh, it really is all about getting our priorities straight as a state. And, And so the initiative is twofold. One is we take what has been lost in our water code in California, and our, our, the California water code is, is that which directs us how to use our water and, and prioritizes how water is operated in the state. And, and through litigation and regulation and eons of case law and legislation, we've got our priorities out of whack in terms of what is the highest beneficial use of our water. And and so now you have multiple things that are competing with each other, and as a result, you end up in a drought like this where you've got one protected critter is getting water at the sake of another protected critter who now is getting you know more extinct because it didn't get its water because its higher beneficial use is over here. In the meantime, there's about a million people without fresh water in California today. And so what we have done is in this initiative, we take what was in the water code, we put it in the Constitution, and we say the top priority of beneficial use of our water in the state of California is for people. It's domestic use. And then it's for our food security, and then it's for everything else. 
But the only way we can actually get that priority set and protected within our Constitution is if we expand our supply to keep up with the demand of the 21st century. And so that's where the second part of this initiative comes in, where we say, you know, that high-speed rail is a boondoggle and it's sitting on $8 billion. That's doing nothing. And that money can go a long way in expanding our water supply. So we take the unissued bonds from high-speed rail, wrap it up with some previous uh, past water bond dollars that haven't been spent, and we line item out specific water projects throughout the state of California that expand our water supply. That includes raising Shasta Reservoir and raising San Luis Reservoir, building Temperance Flat Reservoir in the Mid-Sierras and Sites Reservoir in in uh, in the Sacramento Valley, but it also includes investing $3 billion in groundwater recharge and protecting our aquifers. It includes upgrading our existing infrastructure. Our existing water infrastructure hasn't really been updated since the mid-60s when we had 25 million people. And look at us today, 38 million people and rising, and we can't keep up. And our system is out of date. You've got pipes cracking. You know, you, you not too long ago, there was the UCLA crack a couple of years ago. There was, uh, not too long ago, a pipe broke over towards Silicon Valley, and 1.8 million people didn't have water for a day. So it's investing in our priorities and investing in getting our water infrastructure up to date so that we can have water available statewide to keep up with the demand of the 21st century and saying, you know what, the train's great, not right now, it's not getting the job done, and what's the point of having a train that takes you really fast from one place without water to another place without water? We've got to get our priorities straight, not only in water is our top priority and we have to invest in it, but also um, but also having, uh, you know, how we use our water be prioritized in a manner that uh, is is fair and good for the rest of the state. Well, you made an excellent point, is how the California's population has almost doubled, but those in charge in Sacramento have built no new water infrastructure for storage and delivery of water to these vastly number more people. Yeah. I mean, the, the, as of right now, the Federal Bureau of Reclamation estimates that if we do not expand our surface water supply alone, we're not talking about groundwater or regional projects, which this initiative also has funding available for, but if we don't capture and store more surface water by 2030, we're going to be running anywhere from a 4.5 million acre foot deficit to a 6 million acre foot deficit. And just to put that into perspective, um, you know, uh, an acre foot is a football field one foot deep in water. We're talking millions of football fields will be lost. We won't have enough water to keep up with the demand we have today. So we have to make this investment, and we have to make this investment now. 2030 is not that far away. Let's let's bring it down to what the impact of this is going to be on the average person uh, driving around the Inland Empire, Southern California. What does this mean to folks that, you know, fill their coffee pots in the morning, take showers, fill their pools, uh, you know, take the fact that when you go to a tap to turn it on, water is there for granted. What does this what does this really translate to for the folks? Well, first of all, it's going to require that the water in your tap is the of, of beneficial use in the state of California, meaning uh, before any other water, we have to deliver to our people first. And so we're going to make sure that that's protected current constitution it's not we don't have a protection for water for people right now and so this is this is really revolutionary that we're we're having to put this and only in california would we actually have to do this um but 
more importantly, then we go into the expansion of our water supply, not only on the big level uh, expansion like our big reservoirs, but also um, regional water projects are so important. We've passed a lot of water bonds in the past that just didn't have enough funding available for our communities to be more self-sustaining. And, and care for themselves and take care of their own water supply. And so within this initiative, there's almost $5 billion available for regional water projects like stormwater capture and wastewater treatment and water recycling. What that does is it would help the Inland Empire, for instance, um, to be able to develop its own regional water supply and have the ability to, to prioritize its own regional water supply um, so it wouldn't be so dependent on water being imported from other parts of the state where there may be federal regulations in place that prevent that water from getting to you in the first place, so, which is what we've seen so far. So does this mean higher – if this doesn't if, – if something like this isn't done, does this mean higher prices? Does this mean less available water? How does, what does this translate to, to for, for us uh, you know, as citizens? If this isn't done, if we don't make the conscious effort to say those dollars could be spent better somewhere else, and we don't direct how that's done, you're looking at to, to afford to do the upgrades we need in this state. You're looking at increased water rates in order to afford the technology. Um, you know, you're looking for uh, you're going to be looking at local government having to, to make those those investments on its own. But more importantly, you're looking at where are we going to get the water from? We can't make it rain, but we can store and prioritize and capture and move and invest in utilizing the water we have and be prepared for when it does rain. California has enough water. There's enough water, there's enough rain that falls in California to meet the needs of agriculture and business and the consumers. It's just so much of it is not captured, it's not stored, it's not used for the benefit of the people. That's correct. In, in, in many regards, we only actually capture and develop and use maybe 25% of available rain and snow in our state. The difference is our priorities as a, as a state has changed. We now provide 50% of our developed water supply has to go to environmental protection. That's the law, both state and federal. But we never had a supply system able to keep up with that new type of demand and also the size that we've grown to today. If California is going to continue to be a leading global economy, we have to invest in our basic resources that allow us to be able to do that. It's time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, a sponsor of this half of Unite IE Radio and our great Unite IE Conservative Conference. More with Aubrey Betancourt and the water, water Wars in California after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic, it's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Yeah. Let's get it started. 
Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. As Mark Twain said, whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting, and nothing's changed since the 1800s. That's right. We're fighting about water here. We've got Audrey Bentoncourt with CA Water for All, the number or spell it out, uh, .com. And we're talking about the priority in California uh, that seems to be placed with the high-speed rail over water, both uh, for farming as well as for folks. Now, there's a petition that you are uh, gathering signatures for to put this on the ballot in the primary or November. Where will we people be voting on it if it makes it to the ballot? November. In November. Uh, actually, yeah, this year the there are there will be no uh, no uh, initiatives on the primary. I don't know if you guys know that. Uh, I I didn't. Thanks for uh, clearing that up for me. I mean, I you know don't know if folks out there realize that or not, but there's going to be a lot of petitions uh, probably on mm-hmm. the ballot. So this is one that's really important. Now, you've got a website. How do people get uh, their signatures on this petition? What, what's the process? Sure. So the first thing I would do is tell you to go to cawaterforall.com, and that's number four, or you can spell out F-O-R, but cawaterforall.com. And on the website, you can you have a number of options. First of all, we want you to read this for yourself. Yes, there's some legalese, but there's also some great broken-down information. We want you to decide for yourself that this is where you want the priorities of the state to be. But most importantly, if you are looking to sign, you can click on the Petitions tab where you have a number of options. You can look at our uh, interactive um, uh, menu there that tells you in your location or in locations near you where there are petitions. We have some wonderful businesses statewide that have petitions right when you walk in, and we've got the, their locations online and hours online so that you know when to go. And more importantly, you can um, actually connect with the campaign directly. If you want to be a team captain in your area to help circulate petitions, we will get packets of petitions out to you with return addressed envelopes. Or more importantly, we can connect you with some of our great volunteer captains in your area uh, that you can then go sign and connect with them and gather petitions and, and be part of our team as well. So people can be, they can go online, they can read the petition, very important. Uh, they can actually find a list of where you can go sign the petitions. You said you've got businesses and other locations that have petitions, or they can even become a team captain and start circulating the petitions. Is that, is yes. that- I think one of the really important things in our remaining time I want to bring out is that unlike on these prior water bond initiatives, the politicians have spent the money on other things like sand dune restoration, bike paths, wetlands restoration, which may be good, but it's all but they're spending the money. In fact, through the Proposition One that we voted on in 2014, 22 billion dollars in water bonds that hasn't resulted in any new capacity to store and deliver water to the people. But this changes that. So the how does this initiative guarantee that this money from the high-speed rail boondoggle is going to get spent actually on delivering water to the people? Because we actually spell it out. We actually put the name of the project and how much money it gets and mandate that it gets to be built. This is this takes it out of the hands of the governor's appointees. It puts it in the hands of an existing administrative body called the Integrated Regional Water Management Districts. These are your local water managers, professionals in the field, um, and we that entity represents 100% of the state. They are engineers. Their job is to project manage. That project gets built for that amount of money. You go do it. We're going to get you done. We're going to you know walk you through the project because that's what they do. We wanted this out of the hands of the political appointees 
and in the hands of the experts who are our representatives of the people. This is a big this is a big deal because, you know, the, the voters, you know, we, they, th- they go to the voting place, they vote on this Prop 1 thinking they're doing the right thing, not realizing that this is uh, that this isn't getting the job done. And so they feel uh, once again betrayed. Yeah. Well, more importantly, to note about Prop 1 is while that was a great effort, took 10 years to get it out of Sacramento, you got to remember a policy that comes out of Sacramento isn't necessarily designed to meet all of our needs. It's designed to get out of Sacramento. It's designed to get through that sausage-making process and get signed by the governor, whomever he or she may be. And so what the initiative process allows us to do is that which they cannot accomplish in government. And and that which they cannot accomplish is the guaranteed construction and fully funding of the California portion of many absolutely needed projects. In our initiative, there's no new projects being proposed. There's no new scary thing. The projects we outline that get built in our initiative are projects we've all known we've needed to build for 40 years in some cases. Wow. It's just a matter of making the decision to do it. And so where... Um, where Prop 1, I think, you know, did it the best it could do. We're picking up where Prop 1 left off. And unfortunately, what you're seeing is if we don't pass something like our initiative, the California Water for All initiative, the Prop 1, what you're seeing already is there isn't enough money available to build the projects we all know we need, groundwater storage and and aquifer protection, above-ground storage, um, wastewater treatment and water recycling. There's just not enough money in there to do it. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. we got to leave it there, Aubrey. But let's uh, give the folks your website again, cawaterforall.com. Read it. Sign the petition. uh, Become a captain. It's all there. It's all on the website. Thank you so much for the work you're doing to uh, help square things away here in California, Aubrey. Thanks so much for your help and uh, and all of and all of your support on this effort as well. We really appreciate having a great team in the Inland Empire to work with. And Aubrey's going to be at the Residence Tea Party Patriots meeting on April 7 with petitions and more about this great initiative. We'll be back with more about the Unite IE Conference after the break. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. This is uh, your Saturday review of the Unite Inland Empire Conservative Conference. I'm with my co-host, Greg Britton, from the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And we have someone on the line, a surprise guest for our listeners. Who he was, was surprised, too. He was surprised, too, that he was going to join us. But uh, we got him at a, at a quiet moment. He was the big hit of the conference, Greg, the surprise hit. No one saw this coming, and everybody was raging about him afterwards. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many people, when yeah, I would ask them, you know, how did you like the conference? They, they, they volunteered and brought up that they were, they were so happy and impressed with and enjoyed Alfonso. So, Alfonso, Rachel, thanks for joining us on the Spur of the Moment on the United Inland Empire radio program. Solid, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, I can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you joining us both at the conference and here on the line. You're doing some really unique work. And so for those of the uh, people out there that don't know Zoe, as we call him, he has he's in charge. He's the president and CEO of Zoe Nation. 
and he is the founder of a Christian rock group called 20 Pound Sledge. And we uh, we opened up our segment with a clip of the music that they uh, used to go out and engage the culture and help get the, get their message out about the Lord, uh, about the culture, and, yeah, a little bit about conservative Christian values. So, so uh, what was your experience at the conference? What was... What what hit you the most? It looked like uh, people were really inspired, and they had some. And how could they not be, man? They had some, you know, great speakers. They got, you know, they got the great stage presence. You know, uh, uh, personalities up there like Don. You know, and uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, Bill Little there. You know, Evan Sayed there. You know, Anne Marie just bringing sunshine all over the stage. You know, so how could they not be inspired and be hopeful that you know there are people who are really serious about getting out there and uh, you know promoting the conservative message. How is your approach to promoting conservatism different than the usual conservative pundit, commentator, politician? Um, one, uh, as, it's, as it's election season, season, you know, one of my main things is, is you know, can we not do so much to promote candidates? I mean, candidates need promoting that. That's great. But it's not sustainable if we don't have the promotion of conservatism in the culture. We don't have that groundwork laid. You know, we, we want a politician to get up there and uphold these values, but we have a culture that's not going to consent to that governance. That's the problem. So until we get out there and make conservatism, and I hate to use the shallow word fashionable, but until we do that, these conservative uh, representatives we, that, we, that we hope are going to uphold our values are going to have a, an uphill battle. You have a great example of how that unfolded for you. You were invited, interestingly enough, to the South by Southwest Music Festival, and in in, in as you were prepping there, you you had an interaction with a young lady who uh, t- will t- tell our folks about that and how that was different than most her most of her interactions uh, with conservatives. Hey, hey, thanks, man. And you know, and, and I love I love my Texans. You know, I, I love Texas. And uh, but you know Texas kind of prides themselves on being you know being very conservative you know but liberalism can can get you too and you know in Texas things go big so if liberalism is gonna go big it's gonna go big in Texas too but and I'm in Austin so you know and and of course the first person I'm gonna run into is liberal and she had some questions about what I was doing I was I was actually drafting my speech for uh for the uh, for the conference right yep long story short you know she uh she learns that I'm a um, you know Christian conservative apologist and uh, so to speak. And, um, you know, the first thing she wants to bring up is, is uh, the same-sex marriage issue, you know. And, and not only and, – and I left some of the, the conversation that we had out. One of the things she, she immediately goes to is the talking point of comparing, you know, well, you can't help being black, and these people can't help being homosexual. And I'm uh, like, wait a minute. You know, you're going to compare, you know, my ethnicity to a behavior, you know, Right there, that started getting her thinking. She was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, foot in mouth, inserted. You know, so it's like, okay, let's, let's have this talk, and let's talk about the balance of freedom of what it is that you're talking about with homosexual rights compared to the rights that's outlined in the First Amendment, the first of which is the right to free religious exercise, which you're trying to compromise. You know, so when she, when, once we got to talking, she, she saw that my, my conclusions are they're logical, they're rational, there's nothing to do with homophobia, there's nothing to do with hate. I'm talking about the balance of freedom, you know, that, and she understood that, and she's like, wow, I've never thought about it that way. 
and she spanked me, and, she, and, and uh, we parted ways peaceably. Well, that's impressive, because usually if you talk to somebody on the left, you never get to have a, a reasoned discussion where they'll actually even listen to what you have to say. It's, you're a hater, you're a bigot, and, and they will accept nothing that interferes with their image or their pre-existing beliefs. So that's impressive. Right, right. Yeah, and, you, and she was disarmed because here it is, uh, she, she's, I'm, I'm the musician. She's not expecting that from you know this this guy in a, who shows up at a, at a at a at a at a music venue bar, you know she didn't expect to have a dialogue, you know. If I was just some like conservative pundit, she would have she would have already been on guard, but she wasn't expecting that. So we just had a comfortable conversation. You know, you've inspired me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and change my wardrobe, and I'm gonna get a new drum set, and I'm gonna take a whole different approach to engaging the culture. You've inspired me, Zoe. No, no, I, I appreciate that, but no, don't change the thing because see, my job I'm like an ambulance driver, man. You know, I, I, my job is to get out there in the field and and find those those folks who who are basically needing help. You know, under because these people want the truth, man. They do. That's all people are searching for, and and they're surrounded by people who don't know the truth. So my job is to get my ambulance, get out there and find them, and bring them to the doctors like you. Amen. Let me take a little different tack, and it's always unfair to ask any one person to be, speak on behalf of millions of other people. But I'll take. But I'm gonna do it anyways. Why do mm-hmm. blacks or African Americans so? religiously and devotedly support the Democrat Party when by any objective measure of what they're getting from government and from the Democrat Party is so bad? Um, Because the Democrats have masterfully, and this is the way that they've been from the beginning, the Democrat Party has always been a party that has made people feel that somebody else owes them something. All of it is which is is rooted in slavery. All of it is, is, is rooted in entitlement. You know, even back then, in, in, in the days of slavery, other people had a right to take the, 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 these rights away from somebody else for their own satisfaction. Democrats are that way today. The, the sad part of it is, is that Democrats are the ones who have poisoned the water. They've effectively blamed somebody else for doing it. And then the Democrats go put on a lab coat and come in through the back door and say that they have the cure. And people fall for this stuff. And, and as far as the black community goes, it, 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 it's, it's so it's evil genius man it's like you you have the democrats who have done the, the, all these things that uh, the black community are angry about are the very things that the democrats instituted but then the democrats effectively because they're in the school system they're in the entertainment system, uh, entertainment media they're in everything to basically play on the plight that they imposed on the black community and then get the black community to believe that it was someone else and that the democrats are going to be the champions for them to get justice is there any prospect of that, of the Democrats always get 90% plus of the black vote? Do you think there's any prospect of that being different in uh, 2016? Um, not necessarily. Maybe in terms of, of how, how the black community may vote, but it doesn't necessarily mean that their worldview has changed. They know that they're angry about something. They're, they're, it's like, say, for instance, with, with Barack Obama. you got a lot of the black community who is disenchanted with, the, with, uh, with, uh, with Barack Obama, but they're still not disenchanted with what he was supposed to get for them. Mm. Now they're going to be looking at Bernie Sanders to get it, or they're going to be looking for uh, Hillary Clinton to get it. Some of them may even be uh, disillusioned. We're, we're thinking that, you know, maybe Donald Trump may even get it uh, because, you know, he's, he was still he's, they're still familiar with him as more of a Democrat, you know, from the Oprah Winfrey show. You know, so he's got that working for him. But it's still it's still they're looking to the government to get something for them. 
Yeah, they're, 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 yeah the, um, the, the Amer- America in general, you know, owes, they don't see that in order for the government to, to basically get these reparations or whatever it is that they want, they don't understand it. They're still going to have to take it from them to get it. You know, it's like they're not understanding that. And my job, you know, you know, PJTV is trying to promote that. I can only do so much, you know, making, you know, YouTube videos twice a week, which I'm happy to do. I'm trying to get my message out there. But we're up against a, you know, a behemoth, man. We're up against a legion of, of liberal uh, um, ideology that is pumped to us from every angle. And I'm hoping that conservatives can see that liberals have shown us how to do it. They've shown us how to promote our values in the culture or, or whatever you call what it is that they're promoting. Well, we can use the same tools and the same means if we would just get on the ball and just start doing it. It takes promotion. We have to compete, man. We have to compete with this stuff. Amen. We have to do that. So, folks, if you want to get you have to. No, not if you want to. You have to. You have to go out and sample Zoe's work. There's a couple of different places you can do it. AlfonzoRachel.com is the first place. That's A-L-F-O-N-Z-O, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L.com. And you can also go to PJTV Media, where most of his work is posted. Those two places, and of course, he's got a couple of Facebook pages you can link to from both those locations. Um, great work. Uh, his video are uh, extremely well produced. Zoe, you're a pro. You're engaging the culture. Your band is rocking, by the way. Um, you know, folks Thank got you. a little sample of that right on the right on the get go. And uh, is there a place people can go to, fi- to keep up with when your band is going to be, uh, you know, doing its thing in Southern California? Awesome. Thanks, man. Um, well, my, my main website is alfonsorachel.com. Uh, I feature my work from uh, PJTV, my Zoe, my Zoe Nation work. And then my band's website is 20poundsledge20lbsledge.com. And you know, our mission statement is, is to rock the gospel. That's just what we do, trying to get the message out there. Well, we appreciate you so much, Zoe. Thanks for joining us on the Spur of the Moment to dish a little bit about what the folks heard at the third annual Unite IE Conservative Conference. Uh, guys, go check out Zoe's work. Zoe drives safely. Uh, you know, we'll look forward to having you back on in the future when there's something that you want to. You know, you're welcome on the Unite IE Radio program anytime. Absolutely, awesome. and he just he just shows that uh, what Andrew Breitbart said. Culture is upstream of politics, and he's working the culture, and we just can't thank you enough for what, for being at the conference and for everything else that you're doing. All right. Thank you so much, guys. You're doing it. We'll be right back with more on the Unite IE radio program after this. This word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 
at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. President Dancing Matego, your thoughts? I think the entire thing is horrible. It reminded me of when he went golfing right after James Foley's head was cut off. Look, I think it is inexcusable that when the entire world is standing in solidarity with Brussels, is in shock, is in grief. The president of the United States is in Cuba, sitting next to a dictator who's been in power for 56 years, who has ordered the shootdown of American citizens, who has been anti-American for 56 years, eating peanuts and going to a baseball game like if he was Walt Disney. It's not Walt Disney, and it is a day of grief for the entire world. I think President Obama knows full well that optics matter, but he chose his legacy over optics. And I think it was a shameful, shameful, disappointing moment for President Obama. I was disappointed. I was not surprised. In response to another deadly ISIS terrorist attack in Brussels this week that killed 34 people and injured well more than 100, the president attacked the dance floor. He attacked the baseball game, too. And that was after having his picture taken under an image of Che Rivera. What a horrible, horrible week. And the mainstream media I is finally, at least on this issue, they're finally waking up and realizing that uh, he could care less, really. And it's not just about optics. And then, see, that, that exemplifies the Washington ruling class establishment view of things. It's about optics. No, it's not about optics. It's about substance. It's about allowing ISIS to grow into the threat that it is. It's about throwing away our hard-won victory in Iraq and the sacrifice of thousands of American lives. It's about an indifferent attitude that doesn't even recognize the threat. I won't even mention Islamic terrorism. And as for all the, all, the, all, the, all the publicity that the Brussels attack rightly got, ISIS has been attacking around the world in Mali, in Turkey, Daily. other places. Other places. Daily, yes. easily, claiming, claiming responsibility for attacks that are occurring around the world by uh, some of them Boko Haram, some of them Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda the Maghreb, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. All of these groups now are being stitched together in this giant global jihad uh, right here in our backyard on December 2nd uh, in November in Paris. I mean, the the lack of ability for this administration to uh, even just call this Islamic terrorism, let alone uh, define it in a way that makes it, you know, uh, transparent to to the American people. He is AWOL on so many levels, and it's just, it's despicable. As a leader, you have a responsibility. Your optics are important, yes, but it's also important that you actually do the job and be here and be on the world stage. I mean, you know, we, we he was AWOL in the, in the, uh, after the Paris attack, who do we have? We had Eric Holder over there linking arms with world leaders, heads of state, and we send Eric Holder? Right. And then uh, John Kerry goes over there to uh, offer his support uh, with a musician to play. You've got a friend. James Taylor. James Taylor. What, what is, I mean, I, this administration can't end soon enough. It, 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 and Hillary Clinton was no better. She gave this supposedly big foreign policy speech this week, and her 
proposal was we need to stand with Europe. That was it. Oh my! No gosh. policy, no substance, no how, how we're going to defeat this menace. It was, well, we need to stand with Europe. And this isn't the end. This is going to go on day after day after week after week after month after month. We're now learning that the Brussels bombers did a plan, have a plan to attack a nuclear power station. Police have uncovered 12 hours of footage that jihadists filmed outside that nuclear uh, plant director's home. They were possibly even going to kidnap him in order to gain entry into the nuclear facility. This is... and and. Their their plans are broad in scope. This is not just, you know, another random soft target attack. Their 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 plans are broadening in scope. Right. And some people talk talk about senseless violence. There's nothing senseless about this. It's heinous and it's evil, but it is not senseless. It is to terrorize and intimidate non-Muslims into submission to Islam. And the people that came to the United Inland Empire conference get dragging the conversation back to that were treated to probably one of the preeminent uh, individuals in this country, Frank Gaffney, the head, the president and founder of the Center for Security Policy, who delivered a talk of another kind of jihad. You know, a lot of the attention in the media gets focused on this, on, uh, the, violent on the violent jihad. But his talk was about you know, the the jihad, the cultural jihad that's happening here, the insertion by the Muslim Brotherhood of a, you know, of a of a different narrative about Islam into the school system, into the uh, culture, into the universities, into government. And and that's a whole nother area people need to be aware of. Yes. Uh, the uh, if you take a look, if you have the opportunity, if you have, if you have grandchildren or children that are in middle school, read the tech history textbooks on Islam. And what they say versus what the reality of Islam is. And I think you'll be shocked. They will be. Frank Gaffney was swamped after his presentation. He had the, he had a huge line, at times 50 deep, to pick up his little uh, his little book on the Muslim Brotherhood, the memorandum that it was entered into evidence, the Holy Land Foundation trial, and the explan- explanation of that. He was swamped. People people had a visceral reaction to uh, his presentation. It was a very important part of the lineup in our conference was to devote that time to that issue facing this country. You mentioned it, Don. Tell us briefly about what the memorandum is and why it's so important. Well, in this this memorandum was entered into evidence in the Holy Land Foundation trial that occurred in Texas uh, for four years, starting in 2003. It finally uh, concluded in 2008. This memorandum was found in the basement of a home in Virginia uh, by someone that was believed to be the archivist for the Muslim Brotherhood here in this country. And what it does is outlines what the civilization jihad uh, is in this country to use our laws, our First Amendment, our freedom of speech, the freedoms we enjoy against us to destroy America and the Western civilization. That's essentially what that document is. Time lays, for no- lays out their plans for it. Time for another word from All Star Collision, the place to take your car if you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All Star. For over 20 years, All Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. 
You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition. Safety checked, washed, and detailed. Fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And hopefully we encourage a few more people at our last conference to fulfill the obligations of their most important political office. I think we did because we had some classes for the Center for Self-Governance on Sunday and then Monday. And we had a good group at at, uh, all three of those meetings, people that learned what that role entails uh, holding our elected officials accountable, re-exerting their political power, their political influence, engaging in all subdivisions of governance, you know, city council, school board, county, and state. For as much criticism as the government and the ruling class and the politicians get, ultimately the problems in this country are due to and will only be solved by the people exerting their political power because they have the power. And we've learned this. It's the paradigm shift of Center for Self-Governance training is that the government doesn't have the power. The people have the power, if they, and they only need to realize that and decide to use it. Pretty soon we're going to have the pictures for the Unite IE Conservative Conference that were taken during that day up on our website, uniteie.com. Uh, you can go there and, and uh, there are links to the many groups that participated in the conference. Find out when they meet, go to their meetings, become a part of the solution. We really encourage you and a lot of the folks learned just what they can do to be a part of the solution in so many different ways. We're also going to have the audio files from the conference up for easy listening so you can uh, plug them into your uh, uh, smartphone, listen to them in the car, from the conference. All of these important messages that range from uh, our first guest uh, in our uh, second half here, Alfonso Rachel, about how to attack the culture, uh, Frank Gaffney, um, John Eastman. You know, I've, I've gotten so many requests since the, since the conference ended from people who were there but were so captivated and moved by what they heard that they wanted to get the recordings other speakers so they can go back and listen to them again. Really important to learn the language of liberty. And that's something that we don't have. You know, we, we need to be able to better articulate conservative values and, and these issues help people even on our side, understand that America stands at the precipice. We really do. You know, the social justice warriors, the administrations and universities, all of this, all of these, uh, these, these institutions in America that are turning out individuals that have absolutely no understanding of what America is about, what a constitutional republic is about. They're getting this perverted message of Marxism and socialism uh, from our institutions. Yeah, Tim Donnelly, one of our speakers, is there as well. Well, he said that uh, you can't be free unless you think free. Exactly right. It's a state of mind. It's a state of being. And, you know, a lot of people are under the illusion that because they can get in their car and go down the street and get whatever they want to eat, that that's freedom. Folks, it's not freedom. And when they start coming for you, it's going to be too late. See you next Saturday, 4 p.m. every day, every Saturday on the Unite IE radio program. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.